can walk out heaven on earth because we can't do that without him. How many two another's does he say in there? It's like he's, he's giving to another one this one and giving to one this. He's giving to yep. that one that one. <laughs> and I always think it's amazing that uh, he doesn't just give us all the same tools. We're, we're all built uniquely, and he gives us gifts uniquely yeah. Yeah. to each other. So to go kind of old school, um, Isaiah, in Isaiah 11, um, 1 through 2, it says, a, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch of will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. Who's that referring to? What do you know? Jesus. Yes. What's interesting here in this, I like to analyze scripture in, it's, it's interesting that the word branch is actually capitalized here. It's like one of the only times it's ever capitalized, which, which really means it's like a noun, right? Like a noun or a name, a proper noun. Um, a branch will bear fruit, and that branch is Jesus. Um, and it says even the, the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, right? Right after Jesus was baptized, the Spirit came down and rested on him. And with that, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, Spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. So, Jesus really didn't do any miracles until after the Holy Spirit. He didn't do any miracles until after the Holy Spirit came and rested on him. And it was the gifts that were given to him when the Holy Spirit came and rested on him. So. Pretty much happens the same way for us, right? Yeah, pretty much happens the same way for us. The Holy Spirit's the one that gives us the gifts. Yeah, exactly. I, I think when we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, one of the first things that... Um, that I like to really kind of, kind of go, go back a bit is to really talk about who is Holy Spirit. Because um, a lot of times, like, Holy Spirit tends to be, like, the odd one out when we're talking about the Trinity. And a lot of times because, like, first of all, we have a hard time believing that God is one and at the same time he's still three separate um, people at the exact same time. And that's a really hard concept for us because in our natural mind, we're like, how is that even freaking possible? Um, but a really clear verse that sort of just uh, illustrates this idea um, is in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. It says that, Then Jesus came from Galilee to, to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do, not, and do, you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all the righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out, up out of the water. At that moment, heaven opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And so this is sort of like this really uh, great scripture that just sort of highlights the three being all present at the same time and all being very much separate. Um, but it's, it's really important to note, take a couple notes that, one, that Holy Spirit comes to rest upon Jesus 
that everything that he does does come out of this idea of working with Holy Spirit. Um, and when you look at the Gospels, the, the Gospels are interesting because they, the most important person in the Gospels is Jesus. And it's simply because, like, the disciples don't know what they're doing. Like, they're still trying to figure it out. They're, they're, just, they're just sort of going along for the ride. But Jesus is sort of, like, the one we have to really highlight. Um, and it's mainly because Jesus models what it looks like to live a spirit-filled life. Like, he models this idea of this is what it looks like when Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you and all the things that are possible. Notice, notice I didn't say, like, everything that could be done. It, it's literally just possible. Like, he, he goes on to tell his disciples, no, like, actually, like, you will do greater things than these. Yeah. I want that to sink in for just a second. You will do greater things than these. Like, all of the miracles that he did, all these, all the, the, the words he gave, the healings that took place, everything that happened was simply just, that's just an example. You know what I mean? Like, that's just an example. He raised people from the dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, if you look at the miracles that Jesus performed, like, they were incredible. And yet he says, no, you'll do greater things than these. And they really did. Yeah. They really did. Because they went out, uh, I just think about the territory that, that when Jesus was alive that he covered was really small compared to what the disciples went on. He said, go and tell the good news to all the, all the, the, um, mm-hmm. the lands, right? Right. And they... They covered a lot of, lot of territory. They, they covered a lot of territory for sure. Um, and I think it's interesting that Jesus, as much as he did all these crazy things, like he, he says, like, no, like, after all the things he did, he realized, like, no, like, I actually have to leave. And his disciples didn't really understand that concept because in their minds they're like, well, why, why would you leave us? Like, you're doing all these great things. Why don't you just do what you're going to do right now by yourself? And he's like, no, actually... I've chosen you to go out and do these things. But in order for, for Holy Spirit to come, I must leave. Um, and so in John 16, verses 5 through 16, he says this. He says, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you who asked me, where, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate or the Holy Spirit will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can hear and you can now bear, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Jesus went on to say, in a little while you will see me no longer, and then after a little while you will see me. And so I, I think it's just, it's so cool that we get to walk in that same, the same spirit that Jesus walked in. Um, I think it's just so cool that, that Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. 
But there's certain things that I've found about Holy Spirit, and it's just sort of my own personal experience, but Holy Spirit is always talking. He doesn't know how to stop talking. He just keeps talking to you. He's always, he's always giving you words. He's always speaking life over you. He's, that's just the part of who he is, like that he cannot help himself. The other thing, though, about Holy Spirit, and that's sort of like leading us into this idea of the gifts, is that Holy Spirit is not safe. For some of you, that is like what? the most <laughs> crazy thing you've just heard. But Holy Spirit's not safe. Like, whoever told you he was safe, they don't know Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit is not about you being comfortable. Like, he's not about you being comfortable. His, his entire thing is about trying to grow the kingdom. But first, he's going to start with the, growing the kingdom inside of you. Like those times when he tells you to pray for some perfect stranger in line at the grocery uh -huh. store? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or like that person <laughs> that, like, you know is walking with crutches and the Lord's telling you, oh, man, like, go pray for them. And you're like, oh, no, that'd be weird. Uh, you know, and we start whining about it. And it's like, uh, I don't know, I shouldn't do that. And he's like, no, go do it because I want to do something through you. Yeah. He's not safe, but he's also not mean. Come on. So he's, That's a good word. he's always there with you. Yeah. When you step out, I've never seen him not be faithful and, and lead something awesome to happen when you do that. Come on. Um, yeah. I, I think it's just amazing, and it just has been highlighted to me here as we're sitting here, is all, all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Mm. Dang. I, like, all that the Father has is mine, and I'm giving it to the Spirit— um, that he'll give, so he'll give, make it known to you. And it kind of reminds me of this, this, this place up here where it says, more than you can now bear. So he could, Jesus could have just given it all to them there, but they wouldn't have been able to handle it. Right. And the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and he kind of, he doesn't just strike you with the lightning bolt, right? <laughs> it's where he gives you little hints, and he lets you kind of go through the process, I think, is so I think that's what that means. That's just me interpreting it. But. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's absolutely correct. I think that when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like, it's not like, it's like, yes, like, it's something that the, it, the, Lord, the Holy Spirit gives to you, but he develops it in you. It's not like, just like, oh my gosh, like, here you go. It's like, no, he, he develops those gifts just like any, like, like even if, like, if you're going to the gym and you're building muscle, you know, you don't start off by lifting 50-pound weights and start curling those. Like, that's just not going to work. <laughs> Um, but he, he gives you, he starts, he develops it, he gives you enough, and he says, okay, great. And the more that you're willing to take that step of faith with him and you're willing to step out in those different gifts, um, the more it develops and the more it becomes more comfortable to step out and to do that. Yeah, it really has to be something that you are open to that you're asking him for. I mean, he's not just going to, bam, do this. You know, it's really something you have to say, okay, God, I'm ready. Whatever you've got for me, however you're going to equip me um, to go out and reach the world for you, that's when he's going to send Holy Spirit to, to just give you, to lavish these gifts on you. Whatever tools you need at that time um, to do what he wants you to do, that's when he's going to give them to you. But, but yeah, you, you have to want them. You have to ask for them. Um, and when you do, he's faithful, always. I think those tools that he gives us are really fruits of the Spirit which we did, our last series was on fruits of the Spirit. And I believe why, why Holy Spirit is, is leading us through this kind of progression um, is, 
is there, you, you've really got to have fruit of the Spirit before you can really live out the gifts of the Spirit. And, and part of it is uh, you, you're just growing up. So the fruit of the Spirit is eternal, if you will. Um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All things that we need to learn and we need to start walking in before we can really get the fullness of the gifts because especially love, if we can't really focus on the Father's love, uh, if, if we are to go up and talk to somebody or, or pray over somebody, it's really got to be purely out of the Father's love that we do that. Well, yeah, and if we're, if we're striving to be like Christ, if that is our, um, you know, that's, that's how we're setting ourselves to live our lives, then, then those fruits develop in you and they just continue developing you. I mean, those are all yeah. things that Christ walked in. Like yeah. you read yeah. those words and like, that is exactly what Christ um, exemplified when he walked the earth. Right. So the gifts of the spirit are really temporal or, or temporary. And I think sometimes they're for maybe a, just a situation or they could be for a season uh, they could be for a certain calling that you're, you're, you're called to. Um, and in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, he distributes them to each one just as he determines, um, not as you ask for, not as you beg for, not as you want, as he determines um, for the particular situation that you're, you're going to be in. Um, so the kind of Summary of that, the fruits relate to Christ-like character and the gifts really relate to Christian service. So being like the character of God and then serving. So one is fruits, the other is gifts. So he uh, equips you for wherever he's calling you to with the gifts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Another scripture on this is uh, 1 Corinthians 13. 8 through 10. Uh, we've heard this song, love never fails, it never gives up, never runs out on me. <laughs> just kidding. That was just like a little thing. that. Just, yeah. And this is why we have a worship team. <laughs> this is how our couch talks go at, at our house. It, 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 it really is. Really One of these days I'm going to bring Malachi and he's going to be climbing all over us. <laughs> That's our dog, if you didn't know. Do we have a picture of him? No, we don't have a picture of him. Malachi loves Sean. Sean comes over and he basically sits in Sean's lap the whole time we're talking. Yeah. All right. Anyway, moving right along. Um, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is, in, what is in part disappears. We can't operate in the gifts of the Spirit if we aren't first manifesting the fruits of the Spirit. So that, that just really confirms it. Just As things come, the, the, the Lord will give them to you, and then when they're gone, they'll take, take them away. And, and he doesn't take them away to be mean, but I, th I believe he takes them away because he's going to have to put something else in the place for the next season yeah. that you walk into or the next thing that you go to. Yeah, for sure. So. Cool. All right. So um, the gifts of the Spirit is translated from the word charismata. 
and I just love this definition that I came across. Um, charismata equals grace gifts, sovereignly and undeservedly given by the Holy Spirit. Like, that's so incredible. Like, God in his amazing grace gives us these tools. Like, when you think about it, how insane is it that, like, we can pray over somebody and God heals them. He uses us to do that. Like, he could do it all on his own. He does not need us. But he allows us to partner with him in that way. And it is, like, such an incredible... um, it's just humbling. Like we, in all of our screwed up, messed up, flawed ways, and he uses us to reach other people because <laughs> what? I messed up. Mm. Well, we're not going to go there tonight. <laughs> Later. But because of our flaws, because we're human, because we make mistakes, I think it allows other people to be more open to us approaching. You know, if we all walked around as these holier-than-thou Christians, we never do anything wrong, um, you're not real approachable. But when people recognize, like, like they know your story, they know your testimony, they know what you've walked through, they know um, what God has rescued you from, they're a whole lot more open to allow you to operate in the gifts that God's blessed you in. Like, it's so much easier to walk up to somebody and, and pray for them when they, um, you know, they recognize you're, you're just another person just like them. Mm-hmm. The only thing that makes you special um, is you have Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a few reasons why um, we desire the gifts. Um, and, and I think, you know, there's ultimately one, um, but really there are three. Um, I think that, that as individuals, it benefits us. Um, it, you know, when you're operating in discernment, you can walk into a room and you can sense right off the bat what the situation is, um, whether it's a comfortable, safe situation or whether it's a situation you need to leave. That's a huge benefit. Um, (laughs) I think that understanding the gifts that Holy Spirit has given you allows you to have a better understanding of where God's calling you to. Um, If you understand that um, you can look at Scripture and the words just come alive for you and God is interpreting that for you and he is giving you that wisdom, like that's a gift, Not everybody can do that. That's a gift he's given you. And maybe what he's trying to tell you is you're supposed to be teaching. Maybe you're supposed to be leading a study. Maybe you're supposed to be leading a small group. Um, If you have a gift of healing, like if, if that is something, like if you pray for people and they're healed, go be part of the healing rooms. God's calling you to something specific. If he is gifting you in specific ways, he is calling you to a specific type of ministry. Yeah, um, just wanted to sort of add into that. Just felt I was just like a Holy Spirit moment just now. Just, but like realize the Holy Spirit doesn't always speak in English. <laughs> like I, I sort of want to say that um, because, um, for example, the prophetic, the prophetic is 
fun. It's so much fun. The prophetic is absolutely fun. It is, it is terrifying and fun um, because you're like, all right, Lord, did I really get what you just saw? Like, I'm, am I seeing that right? So, like, sometimes he gives you pictures. Like, some of you, like, you guys, like, see pictures. You're, like, praying and you see a picture. Pay attention. Like, that's yeah. absolutely yeah. God speaking through you through a picture. And it might not mean anything to you. Right. I, I have gotten, oh, my gosh. I have gotten some strange words for people. Like, I had this one word. I vaguely remember this word, but it was a word that I, I saw. Like, I was talking to this woman, and I saw her with, like, this, like, little, like, almost like princess tiara over her and all this other kind of stuff. And I was sitting there and I was like, oh, Jesus. Don't make me say that. Do, do I say those words? Or like, I've even got like movies. Like I've, I've gotten like Aladdin. Like I've gotten like Disney's Aladdin for somebody. And it made total sense to this person. They're like, yeah. oh my gosh, that made total sense to me. But like, you know what I'm saying? So the idea is that when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, like realize that Holy Spirit's speaking to you all the time. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a, an audible voice. It may be a picture. It may be an, an impression. Like sometimes you, like, like Catherine was talking about this idea of discernment. You might walk into a room and feel the spirit of suicide. Yeah. And you're like, uh, like, am I feeling that way? No, I'm good. What's, what are you trying to tell me? And what will happen is a lot of times the Lord will put that discernment on you and say, oh, I feel this sense in the room. Then he might give you a picture of somebody or yeah. he might give you or something and, and be like, oh, man, like that person there. And so it's like, yep. so just be aware of the fact that as we kind of journey through this idea of the, of the gifts of the Spirit, just realize that uh, as we learn to hear from Holy Spirit, that realize that he just speaks in more ways than one. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that he is talking all the time, like our lives are really busy. Things are always going on. We are so connected um, via all of our devices that sometimes we don't slow down enough to hear him. And that is a skill that you develop over time. And sometimes that skill wanes and sometimes it, it is stronger. Um, I'm glad you said that because some people get scared when they start talking about, oh, prophetic words over this person, that, and we're just not going to jump in and do that immediately. We, we're going to step out too, but, but we're going to do kind of in some baby steps. Um, you can't kind of just jump out of a plane. You got to go to a class first. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we won't do that, Sean. I mean, I mean, we could just we could throw you into the deep end, which is that is one way to learn. Like you could just be thrown into the deep end, and we just go. And Sean, Holy that's not a good way to lead. <laughs> but sometimes throwing them into the lake, they'll, they're going to swim. <laughs> they have to. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. So the gifts they benefit us absolutely. Um, there's a huge sense of satisfaction and a huge sense of joy in being able to give somebody a word that Holy Spirit has spoken to you and watch their face light up, light up watch them, um, a light bulb go on and, and that look of shock on their face, like how in the world could you possibly know that? Like that speaks exactly to my situation. That's what I needed to hear today. There's definitely a sense of fulfillment in that. It's not selfish. It's not um, taking the glory it's, it's joy in being able to do what God's called you to do. Um, and the gifts that can help you discern where you're supposed to be at certain points in your life. Like, 
maybe you're really good at one thing right now. Maybe he has gifted you um, with the ability to teach. But at some point that gift goes away. Like it's not a comfortable place for you anymore. It's not a place where you're operating. You don't feel like you're reaching people with your teaching. Maybe he's calling you to a different place. Um, I have kind of a funny story. Nicole, who, who spoke last month, um, Nicole and I worked together in children's ministry, and Nicole used to handle a lot of the detail admin work. She did the payroll, she did the journal entries, she did all of these um, different parts of, of what helped to make the children's ministry run that happened behind the scenes. And God called her to a place of crazy, insane rest, which is not a place that is normal for her. Um, if you know Nicole, she is going 90 miles an hour. She often works here and she helps with her husband's business and she helps her mother-in-law with stuff. She's always got something going on. And God called her to this season of rest and the things that, that happened in her during that season of rest, one of them was God removed her administrative gift. Things like journal entries and payroll and and those detailed parts of her job became painfully difficult for her and would take her twice as long and it was so frustrating for her um and she and I were talking about it at one point and I was like I can do those those are easy like I've got a finance background I'll take them on and she's like thank god but it was honestly it was god was removing that administrative gift from her and he's he's pushed her into a place of rest and of hearing him and of teaching um and and the way that she teaches those preschoolers now that she has released and let go of that and stop trying to hang on to something that God was no longer calling her to do. He was no longer gifting her in that ability. Like watching her with those preschoolers is crazy. Like she comes up with these lessons and I'm like, the two-year-olds are going to get that. Like it's going to sink in. Like how do you think like a two-year-old? But God just downloads these visions of stuff to her now because she has learned to step into that new gift. Um, so yeah, um, another way that, uh, or another reason that we want to have the gifts is to edify others. I mean, really that's the whole, um, point. Like we want to be sowing into others with these gifts that we're blessed with. We want to be lifting other people up. Like the prophetic word is, is meant one of the main things that scripture says about prophetic word is that it's to edify others. It's to lift them up. It's to bring them joy. It's to to help them um, to have that sense of peace that God intends all of us to have. Um, but most importantly, um, we should want the gifts because it glorifies God. Um, in 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all these things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So we're given those gifts, bottom line, to glorify God. It's kind of funny as, as we were kind of looking through and re researching, because that's kind of what we do and look, look up gifts. Paul says almost the exact same thing. And I don't know where, 
I don't remember where exactly they were when they wrote these or what the time frame was, but uh, I think there's only one time they were actually in the same place at the same time, I, th I think. Um, but in Romans uh, 12, 4, 8, it says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us, each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So I believe really what, what he's saying there is if you're going to do it, do it right. If this is a gifting and you've realized it, then seek that gift. And not all gifts, I believe, are immediately just, just given to you and you're really good at that. They take practice sometimes. Um, I had the, this desire to be able to give and hear scripture for people. And one of the people that are going to be coming in, in speaking uh, in a couple of weeks, um, Jackie, um, she does it. It's amazing what she does. She'll be in service, and you'll just see this look on her eye, and you know she's got a word and a scripture for somebody. And you're just usually like, oh, please, I hope it's me. I hope it's me. Because it's just amazing. And so because of how much when she would give me a word, um, how much that meant to me, just a word... For some reason, it's just not completely legal until you give, put a scripture to it. But if you, can, if you can give somebody a word of knowledge and also have a scripture that backs it up, that really speaks life into them, it's amazing the impact of it was. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I practice that all the time. I, I, just, I, I just say, Lord, what do you have for right, for right now? What is, this, what is the scripture? And I wish I got it in neon lights or... Or a banner. I know some people get like a banner above someone's head or something like that. But for me, it's just really an impression. And it's really using my imagination and just actually putting it into my imagination. Um, you know, when, it, but get, get, get yourself closer to the Lord and then just do it. You've just got to learn to trust it. And you just start exercising that. And sometimes you get it wrong. Sometimes you go, oh, oh, it's First Peter 12. Oh, there's not 12 chapters in First Peter. You're just like, oh, okay, well, let me think about that more. Maybe it was this. And then you start getting a little closer and you start kind of realizing it. So exercising it, I think, is, um, is, a, is a, something that's necessary to really come into the fullness of a gift. Um, so Paul lift, list that, listed out a bunch of uh, gifts, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, and being merciful it's amazing how many different spots in the Bible that there really are gifts. I mean, these, we've gone through, we've touched base on some of them, but there's really a lot more areas. Mm -hmm. And because there are so many ways that the Lord wants to gift you, there's so many different situations that you need different gifts. Like the fruits are the fruits, right? They're just kind of spilled out. You'll see pieces of fruits here and there, but they're always the same fruits that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. There's really not a different fruit. There's just different ones mentioned in different right. areas. So. Yeah. Um, so there's something that you were saying, Paul, that you're talking about prophecy and you're talking about those kind of things. And you're talking about the ideas, like sometimes you get it wrong. One of the things I started doing, so 
I don't know if you guys know who Sean Bowles is, but Sean Bowles and Bob Hazlitt were out here a few years ago. They were here together, which was incredible. But one of the things that Bob talked about was this idea of keeping a prophetic journal. So, like, one of the things I started doing a few years ago was I realized, like, okay, great, like, God gives me prophetic words. Dope. I love that. Um, but I started realizing that sometimes you get a word, and sometimes the word you get for this moment is not, it's not for now. Um, I had a situation, it was actually last year, I had a situation where uh, I got this word, and I was like, all right, Lord, who's it for? And he wouldn't tell me who it was for, and I was like, ugh. Okay, well, that maybe, I, maybe I'm just making it up. That's okay. I'll write it down. So I wrote down this word. Six months later, I'm in youth, and all of a sudden, the Lord's like, open up your journal. We open up the journal to this word I got in six months previous, and he's like, the word's for this person right here. And that word, like, just, it was like this super detailed word, and they were just like, how did you know all that? And I'm like, well, this is going to be kind of crazy. I got this like six months ago. So I don't know how, I don't really know like how that happened, but the Lord just knew. Like he knew this was going to be for this time. Um, and so I encourage you guys, especially as we start digging deeper in, in, into the prophetic, that just even keep a journal. Um, and then sort of kind of shifting gears a bit, but uh, Paul was reading um, out of Romans and Catherine wrote First Peter. And it's really interesting how similar they are. Um, the timeline is actually within a couple of years. Like, they're actually writing this almost, like, in almost around the same time. And it's sort of, sort of a weird situation that you have them both, and, it, and they didn't like each other. Like, I don't know if you guys realize that, but Peter and Paul did not get along. Like, they had some issues that they needed to work out. Um, but yet, like, Holy Spirit, because he was, he was using their teaching gifts and he wanted to get the same word out to the Jews and to the Gentiles because he was so determined to get that out. He used two different people, and so he spoke the same word virtually through, this, through these two different people who did not like each other, who didn't get along, who didn't agree on a lot of things. Um, and so when Holy Spirit wants to get something done, like, he just does it. Like, that's just who he is. And, like, whether or not you, get, you agree with somebody or not, like, he can still use that. Peter walked on water, though, didn't he? Did Paul ever walk on water? I, don't think he did. I mean, but Paul, Paul, like, got transformed. Paul, like Paul, 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 Paul got transformed in, in the middle of a, of a, a desert and, and was like, whoa. Like, come on now. Like. But he, he loved to call Peter out when Peter uh, was. This is true. <laughs> he was having dinner with the Gentiles, and then as soon as the Pharisees came around, Peter, like, bailed, and he's like, well, I, don't, I don't have dinner with those people. And so Paul called them out. This is funny. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> this is, no, like, guys, like, you guys don't even realize, like. And this is why our director meetings sometimes take three hours. <laughs> this is, this is literally what they look like. This is, we're just. Um, just to tag on a little bit with what Sean was saying about um, keeping a journal about prophetic words, not only keeping a journal of the words that um, God gives you, but when people give you words, I strongly encourage you, pull out your phone and record it. That's a good word. And then go back and write it out. Like, it's great to have it recorded, but there's something really powerful about going through and writing it out. It takes forever. 
I have one that was like 20 minutes long from a whole group of ladies. It took me weeks to transcribe it. And some of it made absolutely no sense to me at the time. But I'll go back every once in a while. I keep them all in the same book. And I just go back and just kind of read them. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. But it's just such confirmation um, of how much our dad loves us. And how much thought goes into each step we take and everything that happens in our lives. Like he is thinking about us all of the time, all Mm -hmm. of the time. And it's just such a great reminder to be able to go back and look at these words that people have spoken. And sometimes some of them still have not come to pass. And I'm like, man, maybe they just didn't hear right, whatever. It's not up to me. Like if I get a word for somebody and I share it with them and they look at me like, you've lost your mind, woman. That's not my problem. That's yep. between them and God. Yep. I did what God asked me to do. I stepped out and took a chance. I took a risk. I stepped out in faith, and I shared whatever he put on my heart. Mm-hmm. Same thing when you pray for healing. You might see nothing happen. It's not up to you. Yep. So don't be afraid to take that risk. Don't be afraid to step out when Holy Spirit is nudging you to step out. It's not up to you. Like he, he's just using you. You are a tool to get out what he wants. And whatever happens with that from that point on is up to God. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but there was just, I think there was just one thing I just wanted to add on to what you were just saying yeah. about keeping a, keeping a journal of the words that are given to you. Um, those are promises. Yeah. Like, um, I was talking about it during priesthood's prayer, but like, this idea of like, like, God gives you a promise, and a lot of times, like, we forget. Like, it's, it's so funny how this works. Like, you get a promise from the Lord, and then it's like, life happens, yeah. and stuff starts happening, and you're, then you get discouraged, and you're like, uh, like, what, like, Lord, like, have you forgotten me? And he's like, no, like, I gave you a promise right yeah. back here. Yeah. Like, did you not remember that? And so, um, it's, I, I do it all the time. Like, I, I just, I was, a couple months ago, I was going through a season that was just, awful. I was just going through just a really, really rough season, and I um, terrified. Like, I was, I had so much fear inside. I didn't want to leave the, I didn't want to leave the, the condo. Like, there was all kinds of stuff going on, and during that season, like, the Lord was like, hey, like, go back to those words I gave you. Because there was those, these moments where I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I hear you. I feel like you don't care about me. I don't think you even love me. And he was like, no, 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 go, go back. Go back to those words. Like, I gave you those words. And, and, I, and I had to go back and, like, go back through my journal, go back through these different, like, uh, recordings and just go back to all these words and go, like, no, like, no, the Lord loves you. And just because you're walking through the process and it looks like you're walking through a valley doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Yeah. Because there's <clears throat> a refining process that takes place in the midst of the valley. For sure. There's, a mis- there's sort of, like, these things that are happening and the Lord is... Like, you, you have to walk through the process before you get to the promise. Yep. So. Well, in this book here, it's full of God's promises. It's full Shoot. of prophecies. Like, you compare Old Testament to New Testament, yeah. and you look at all of the, um, the times in Old Testament where they were prophesying about what was going to happen, and then Jesus came, and all of these things happened. But to, to really get in and dig deep and study and, and flip back and forth and just look at 
how God fulfills his promises. Like, find scripture that speaks over your situation. That is a promise. Stick it on your mirror. Put it on your dashboard. Have it be the background on your phone. Whatever it takes. Like, those are God's promises. Those are prophetic words over your life. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, in closing... um, just a quote that I came across that, like, I read it and I was like, oh, what? It was a drop-the-mic kind of moment for me. Um, the spiritual gifts are God's spiritual equipment for effective service and edification of the church. The possessor is merely an instrument of and not the receiver of the glory. So, yeah, the gifts are God's way of equipping us to serve him to glorify him, to edify the church. And the church isn't this building. The church isn't the walls that surround us. The church isn't worship service on Sunday. The church is you and me. So we're given the gifts to lift each other up, to edify one another, and to glorify God in the process.